Hello, and thank you for tuning in to The Escafil Files, a book analysis podcast where one diehard fan and one newbie start yet another podcast about Animorphs, the children's book series by K.A. Applegate. I'm Danielle, I use she or they pronouns, and you can find me on the internet at redtailedhawk90, and my co-host is Jade. Hello, I'm Jade, you can find me on the internet at jadeoxfordrose on the Twitter, and I use they, them pronouns. We'll be making our way through the books one book at a time, analyzing the themes and how they stand up to time, and sharing the experience with our friends on Discord, the link to which you can find in the show notes. Uh, and this is definitely one that doesn't stand up to time, or at no. least uh, definitely doesn't stand up to uh, awareness of issues that have been going on for a long time. Mm. Um, Book-specific content warnings include being eaten alive, two okay. for two, <laughs> colonial, colonialist perspectives on indigenous cultures, sanism, casual racism in the form of uh, jokes that aren't meant to be racist um, from one character to another, uh, and racial stereotyping, mostly of indigenous peoples. Uh, today we're reading book 11, The Forgotten, um, which is our first Animorphs time travel book, uh, which is kind of exciting. This is one of many. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> My favorite thing in this book is how, uh, Axe explains the Serio Rip and is like, yeah, it's like this one in a million chance, and it happens to the Animorphs, like, on the reg. <laughs> mm. uh, it's, it's, the dramatic irony is great. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, all right, so we start off, uh, it is a Jake book. And we actually start with timestamps, uh, which will become particularly important later um in part because this is a time travel book and it has to do with the shenaniganry of the specific uh, uh the timey events. whiny built bullshit yeah. that's coming later yeah yeah <laughs> uh but yeah we start with our standard introduction to uh jake and the yurks um, Jake is definitely, well, I wouldn't say he's more descriptive about what the Yerks do in your head, um, but there's a particular, uh, perspective, perspective there, um, as with this, you can hear the Yerk laughing at you as it pries into your every secret, like, oh, buddy, um, mm -hmm. uh, but we cut to the cold open. Uh, which is square dancing. I do appreciate that Jake's perspective is, look, I, I have to deal with a lot, so why do I also have to deal with square dancing? <laughs> what is the justice in this? Yes. Life Don't isn't I bad enough. enough? Isn't life <laughs> bad enough? Square dancing. The horror. That's not me hyperbolizing. That's in the book. Mm-hmm. Um... Uh, Jake is square dancing with Rachel. Um, I love the all caps, big honking goober. Mm -hmm. 
There's something well, well, because we we get talked about how Jake is big, yes, a lot, and like that awareness <clears throat> that he's bigger than other people, mm-hmm. and like, and then being forced to dance, yeah, and like move around in close proximity to other people, you just become heightenedly aware of your body in a way that sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, yeah, it's a nice touch that we see that all in in caps. It is, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and uh, Rachel is having a great time, mostly because she is ragging on Jake and enjoying that. <laughs> um, I do like this vibe. There's good. There's good. Sibling, I know they're cousins, but sibling vibe. If I grabbed Rachel to swing her, I was considering swinging her into the nearest yep. wall. Mm-hmm. But although Rachel may look like some dippy clueless type, she's a lot closer to being Xena Warrior Princess. Yeah. Um, As always. They, yeah, they are um, more like siblings than like cousins in some ways. Uh, it's mm-hmm. implied in a couple of places that um, they uh, grew up together um, because they live so close together. Is it said which a parent of Jake's? I'm assuming it's Rachel's mum. Uh, it is. The- I can't remember off the top of my head, but Fanon has it that Rachel is also Jewish. Jewish, so I mm-hmm. think it is her mother. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I feel like Fair if enough. it was her dad, Jake would have yeah, known about more- her dad moving away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I assumed it was Rachel's mom. I just didn't know which of Jake's parents is her sibling. Yeah, so. I I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, Honestly, Danielle, what what are you even here for? <laughs> why don't you know this tiny piece of trivia I demand of you? <laughs> and when you had such a long night's sleep as well and didn't stay up till two a.m. playing World of Warcraft. <laughs> Um, actually, it might be the dad because Fanon also says that Rachel and Jake have the same last name, so ah i'm I'm going to the wiki. <laughs> <laughs> Please excuse this divergence <laughs> uh. Uh. but yes, as it yeah, as if Jake isn't suffering enough with Rachel like proposing outfits. Um, Cassie shows up, <laughs> much to Rachel's delight and Jake's horror. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's incredibly cute. It is so cute. <laughs> like, because my heart sank, and just, and just like, uh, she's someone I really kind of like, if you know what I mean. Oh, I think it's, <laughs> it's hilarious. Just like the side of me, big old Jake, galumphing around in time to fiddle music was guaranteed to destroy any affection Cassie had for me. I mean, I was making myself sick. I could just imagine how I looked to Cassie. I met Cassie's <laughs> gaze. She was standing in the doorway of the classroom and she was laughing. She was laughing with her entire body. She was in convulsions. <laughs> and what I really like is I was so relieved. See, I was afraid I'd get a pity look. Mm hmm. But I real that feels so delightfully teenage. It's like my life is over. My crush is seeing me square dancing. I will yes. never live again. And then it's just like she's just laughing. She's like, oh, thank God, laughing is good. I like it. She's cute when she laughs. She could laugh at me all she wants. It's just very, very sweet, very good, truly teenagery moment. Hmm. 
Yep. It's it's super good. Uh but Cassie isn't there to uh laugh at Jake or to uh <laughs> join in the square dancing. Jake does pull her into the square dancing and it's hilarious because uh-huh. she like she panics. <laughs> uh-huh. It's good. Like Rachel he swaps out Rachel for Cassie. <laughs> uh yeah. I love that he like let Rachel also being a Rachel being a bro, just like, yeah, I'll get out of the way. I also want to see this because you know, yeah. Rachel's a bro. Uh, here is the answer. In the threat, it is stated that Rachel is related to Jake's family through her father. Later in the conspiracy, mm. Rachel says that Jake's family is related to her family through Jake's dad, making Steve and Dan, Jake and Rachel's fathers respectively, brothers. Oh, there we go. And there we go. <laughs> I feel better. <laughs> <laughs> it was going to bug you the entire recording, wasn't it? It, if you, if it really didn't. was, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. you're, so, yeah you're so valid. Um, <laughs> but yes, yeah, so we have this really cute moment uh, broken by the fact that uh, Cassie informs Jake that uh, she's come by to you that, Sub- that Tobias wants everyone right after school lets out and that it's something big. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jake's immediately just like, okay, laughing's over because Tobias doesn't say something big unless it's actually something big. Mm-hmm. And something big means something bad. Yep. Um, uh, the square dancing is interrupted, uh, not just by Cassie's arrival. Because Cassie and Jake square dance a little bit more. Um, And uh, Jake is already uh, kind of... It's almost like uh, an anxiety spiral, except it's more forward thinking. It's like... Mm. Because he's already thinking about what Tobias has seen, how much of a mess it's going to be, what he's going to have to do, etc., etc., Mm-hmm. Um, but he's in- interrupted by a flash vision. Uh, I fell down and down through the green, green trees, a branch. I snatched at it with my hand and swung and released, then flew through the air and caught another branch. I wrapped my tail around the branch and turned to look back. Monkeys were swinging through toward me through the high treetops of the jungle. I was giddy. It was a rush. It was. And the vision is over. <clears throat> and one thing that Jake stresses... Uh, throughout this as he continues to have these visions excuse me is that it is uh real so as in it feels like it's actually happening it's actually happening it's not like a dream it's not like a vision it's like suddenly he is transported (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah um which becomes important later uh, mm-hmm. but he plays it off because uh, Cassie's like wondering yo are you okay and mm-hmm. Jake plays it off as daydreaming oh mm-hmm. no Cassie asks if he was daydreaming and he agrees with that and mm-hmm. uh, and that's when he has that re- recognition or realisation that and informs the reader that both had been real mm-hmm. um, but then so we cut to after school and Marco and Jake are walking together because that is what they do after mm-hmm. school. Uh, Got to keep up the uh, the facade, uh, the masquerade. Yeah. But this great opening line of, what do you think? Marco asked me. Personally, I figure Tobias found some really good roadkill and he wants us to share. 
Yeah, that's probably it, I said tolerantly. And then we have this lovely little bit of insight. Marco's approach to everything is to joke about it, especially when he's worried. Mm -hmm. uh, even if he's being a jerk. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but, um, and Jake's worrying about this thing that he saw. Um, mm -hmm. But priority one right now is finding out what's bugging Tobias. Mm -hmm. uh, we get the little bit more backstory of uh, meeting a fangirl, getting the powers to morph. Um, and, and Tobias mm -hmm. catches up with them. Mm -hmm. I like how they can see a bird and they don't know if it's Tobias yet. Mm -hmm. um, it's fun. But, uh, and then Tobias approaches them. And Mug's like, because uh, they figured as much. And mm -hmm. Tobias is, I like, sounded tense, impatient, and excited. Not that he yeah. really sounded, but his thoughts speak, carry tension. Mm -hmm. um, and because of the stress that Marco's pressing, like, this needs to happen, like, ASAP, mm -hmm. uh, they head to Marco's house because his dad probably won't, uh, his dad should still be at work. Mm -hmm. More fair. Um, Tobias is going to round up the others. I do like the notion that uh, Marco, when he starts, steps into the house and starts yelling to check if his dad's there. She's like, I'm going to change all the settings on your stereo. Uh-huh. Uh, just like, ah, good parent mood. But, um, <laughs> yeah. And they um, um, head up to Marco's room and start uh, morphing. Yep. Into their burb morphs. Yep. Uh, there's a little bit of banter about dirty rooms, uh, hmm. which, uh, having known a few teenage boys, uh, valid. <laughs> um, <laughs> then we get a nice callback to when Marco was almost uh, killed by a peregrine falcon <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but uh, they jump out and into the air um, I like that we get this small moment where Jake recognizes how that first jump from the mm -hmm. windowsill is always terrifying Mm -hmm. uh, because people don't jump out of windows and he's always worried that the wings won't work which makes an interesting thing with the falling that happens later and the animal yeah. instinct kicking mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. which is uh, which is nice I like that but yeah. it's interesting because and I, I like that Jake is because Jake tends to overthink mm -hmm. funnily enough and so having to let the animals help him unlike some of the others who are very ready to use the animal's instincts without mm -hmm. hesitation. Yeah. So. Yeah, how we've seen them on multiple occasions hide behind those animals um, on purpose. Mm. Um, and we haven't really seen that from Jake yet. Um, I don't think. Uh, Tobias leads them to a nearby grocery store, uh, and, uh, Jake starts to, uh, think about how it's hard to be worried when you're flying. Um, the, the, I think in pretty much every single book, they fly at least a little bit, and in every single book, they're like, man, flying is fucking awesome. She's <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> flying's fucking dope. <laughs> uh, so I, I like that we get that reprieve for them because, like, mm -hmm. in every book, obviously, we get the horror of what they're having to do, the different struggles. Mm -hmm. And, but they all 
they all find this release in flying. Yeah. Um, Tobias uh, really kind of takes charge here, which is uh, nice to see. And it's something we'll see uh, in the future, too. Like, Tobias being the scout um, will, you know, go and scout things. Um, and when he goes to show it to people, he does seem to take charge a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, like here, he's instructing everybody to uh, spread out in their uh, different bird of prey morphs so that they're not <laughs> a bunch of different birds of prey in like a flock. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, then he points out the grocery store and then guides them through what to look for mm -hmm. and um, suggests like ways that they can fly over to get mm -hmm. the best view yeah um and uh basically leads them through the same kind of deductive reasoning that he's already done um in this case it is that an entire wall of the grocery store has been knocked out there was some kind of fire and also, there are several gouges in the asphalt that probably mean that something hit the ground, skidded, and then skidded into the grocery store, taking out the wall. Um, and I love this detail. You'd never notice it from the ground, Tobias said smugly, but from a, the bird's eye view, it's pretty obvious. Um, yes, take pride in your skills. Yes. Proud. Um, we also noticed that uh, Chapman is here, part of the cleanup crew, which immediately, like, basically confirms that this is a Yerk operation, because why would an assistant principal be doing um, this? <laughs> um, uh, Rachel is the one that spots uh, somebody up on, on a roof nearby um, mm -hmm. with a machine gun mm -hmm. under his coat. Um, Cassie picks up that once they identify how many of these people there are, Cassie's the one that uh, picks up that they're nervous and they're mm -hmm. scared. Uh, somebody has screwed up big time and everyone down there is real afraid. Yeah. Uh, and then we get uh, Marco asks Jake what to do. And we get this little bit from Jake. He was asking me, the others like to act as if I'm in charge. I don't think of myself that way. Not really. But, you know, whatever. If it makes them feel better to think that I'm the leader, fine. It's just that when people treat you like a leader, you start acting like a leader. And like I said, that means making decisions, even when you're just guessing. Um, and we kind of come to the, the thesis of this book. Um, whereas number six was all about Tom and what the fuck he's going to do with Tom. Here we have almost a secondary... Um, arc for him which is he was made the leader by everyone else and he's still in a lot of ways coming to terms with that mm -hmm. um and uh not he resents it yeah um and, and i can understand that like he first and foremost he's a child yes and he is aware, and you see that sounds going of 
because he's the one making the decisions, it's on him if the decisions are wrong or bad. Mm -hmm. Yes. And while he is absolutely the kind to make the, so do things so other people don't have to. And I think sometimes he is glad that he can be the one to do that because he does want to keep everyone safe. Mm -hmm. But it's that one thing between choosing to do something yourself and other people expecting you to do it. Like, I'll happily do a thing. Just like, Jake, can you do that? No. Yeah. How dare yeah. you? Mm -hmm. it, it's, it, there's the, it's different if you take a weight on yourself. When somebody puts a weight on you, it's a burden. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. And, and that dichotomy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I don't I think Jake doesn't want anybody else to have to do what he's doing. He doesn't always like that he has to do it. But the second somebody else said, well, I'll do it, he would be like, you know, he'd be like, no, 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 it's my, uh, it's, mm -hmm. it's my cross to bear. And it's just mm -hmm. like, ugh. Mm -hmm. uh, and then Jake has another vision, this time of some kind of large cat right in front of him. Uh, and then he comes back to himself. Um, he's almost even more confused this time. He is has a much harder time shaking it off. Um, and it it even kind of affects his ability to lead the others. Like we see, uh, like when when everybody asks him, "Hey, like we asked you, what's the plan? What are we doing?" Um, and he's like, "I I guess we." Better take a closer look. <laughs> um, and uh, Jake says that they better uh, figure out whatever it is, whatever's going on here with this grocery store, um, because they're going to have to do run a mission tonight in order to um, figure out what's going on. Yeah, because they're in the process of cleaning it up and it's only going to take so much time. Exactly. Um, um, and then Marco, in Marco fashion, is just like commenting on the other on how another rushed, unplanned, last minute mission those always turn out so well. We have this bit of introspection from Jake about mm -hmm. Marco not knowing the half of it, um, because he's scared that he's losing his mind. Right. And then we have the really upsetting thing. Of course, I didn't say that. See, when you're the leader, you're not allowed to be crazy. Yep. Let's talk about all the things Jake doesn't allow himself to be because he's the leader. Mm -hmm. Not allowed to be mad. <laughs> right. Not allowed to be upset by things, yep. apparently. Not allowed no. to uh, go crazy. Not allowed to be afraid. Mm -hmm. Or show fear, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, not allowed to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll come yeah. up with some more, I'm sure. Okay. Yeah, it's, you know, just just think about that, listener. <laughs> and I suppose that becomes interesting, especially given um, a scene that's going to happen a bit later, is it feels very, and I'm going to say this, it feels very toxic masculinity view about what a leader should be like. Mm -hmm. Like, you, we see, like, the president referred to a number of times. It's just sort of like, okay, well, what should a leader be? And when you think about the kind of media the kids have access to mm -hmm. just like and it's always like these sort of gruff stoic men mm -hmm. yep. as as what jake would have as an example of what a leader does and then at what alfango did which was defend them 
help them mm-hmm. took the hit. And like, if that's what your framing is for what being a leader is, it's gonna be skewed. Mm-hmm. Which sucks. Yep. 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 And he's thirteen. Mm-hmm. He's a he is a child. Yep. Like trying to do what he thinks needs to be done. Mm-hmm. And he obviously isn't going to have the emotional maturity because he hasn't had the life experience to maybe know that there are better ways to be a leader that are less hard on him. Mm-hmm. But to be fair, I'm sure there'd be plenty of adults who in the same situation would make the same kind of choices. So I possibly shouldn't yeah. go on too much about just, oh, well, he's just a kid because I definitely know adults that have also fucked that up. Yeah. Well, at least as an adult, it's more of a choice. That's true. Um, whereas I, I think you're right. I think Jake has uh made this decision about what a leader is supposed to be and he's just like well i guess i gotta be that <laughs> mm-hmm. um but see the media really does warp kids brains <laughs> i say <laughs> as we do a in-depth analysis podcast of children's media <laughs> so the kids go to the woods to talk to <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh we have this no this uh chekhov's comment uh, la- how landing is the hardest part of flying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we'll definitely see that again. <laughs> the difference uh, between landing and crashing is about two inches and two miles per hour. Very good. I love that. Uh, and they start talking out um, plan of action. Yep. And Marco looks to Jake to go, how should we get in? And Jake immediately looks to Cassie because Cassie is the morph expert. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Cassie steps up, you know, yeah. she immediately is like, well, we have a couple of morphs available to us. Uh, it's a grocery store. You'd expect there to be like, uh, bugs, rats, things like that. Um, and then Axe interrupts her by catching up with them. Um, Tobias told him to come very quickly. And so he came at like a dead run mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and fucking jumps over all of their heads. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like how Jake's like, it looks like he's going to mow them down. He's running so far, moving as fast as a uh-huh. panicked horse. Uh-huh. And then he just like kicks off the back leg, sails over the top, and then lands almost daintily and turned back to face us. Yeah. <laughs> like, actually, you fucking show off. Yeah, it's very good. <laughs> it's very endearing. Um, yeah. We get the description of an andalite again. Uh, mm-hmm. And the closing comment on that about how it's very strange making eye contact with an andalite. But with mm-hmm. the uh, four eyes and all. And yep. then it's just like, hello, everyone. Tobias told me to hurry. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, and I like, we have, because uh, I, I think it might have been Tobias that uses it later, uh, but mm-hmm. um, the calling Axe Axeman, mm-hmm. which Marco does here, yeah. but we know Tobias does as well. And it's just mm-hmm. like, this is good and cute. This pleases yes. the jade. Yes. Uh, it's, it's, it's very good. Um, we have, uh, yeah, because Marco's asking Axe if, because uh, twice his foot Axe and just like, oh, you got a preference for fly or cockroach morph? And Axe is just like, I will do whatever Prince Jake orders. Axe, don't call me Prince Jake. I said automatically <laughs> for about the thousandth time, yes, Prince Jake. He said, sometimes I wonder if maybe Axe has a sense of humor. We've never noticed one, but who knows? 
<laughs> just like I guarantee you, he is definitely at least sixty percent fucking with you. <laughs> yeah, but I find that that interesting because Marco and Tobias have definitely commented that Axe has a sense of humor. Yes, they don't. They don't necessarily get his sense of humor, but they clearly observe that he has one, mm -hmm. which I find is an interesting difference there. Yeah. Well, I think Marco and Tobias are the ones who have spent the most time with right. X, probably. That's true. Okay. Um, uh, um, but so, so they talk it out uh, mm -hmm. because where they're going to, the distance they're going to have to travel in Morph. Is far. Uh, but, yeah. Um, and so. Uh, and across traffic. And across traffic. Four lanes of. Mm -hmm. um, and then the. Um, and they have to versus uh, the eyesight of the various creatures. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're talking about this, and Marco's just like, Do you remember when we used to have normal, sane conversations? To which Cassie just winks at. Oh, to be fair, he then says, You know, we talk about baseball or who had a crush on who. And then Cassie winks at him. <laughs> Um. Uh, but she she uh makes the good observation that flies have a good sense of smell and uh that the rotting food in the grocery store because the controllers have basically just like shoved shit away <laughs> from the the crash site basically um destroying a whole bunch of like freezers and shit. Mm -hmm. um and so she posits you know the the flies will be well able to find their way to the grocery store because of the smell of food mm -hmm. um and that will help to guide and then mm. tobias uh offers to help guide and jake says you don't see that much better than humans do in the dark i pointed out it'll be dark by the time we get in position Car lights, street lights. I'm just saying maybe I can help a little, right? And Tobias, or and Jake thinks to himself, Tobias sometimes becomes frustrated because he can't go on all the missions. I understand. I feel sorry for him. But that's the way it is. I was about to tell him that when Cassie jumped in. Um, Tobias, the only reason we even know about this is you, Cassie pointed out. You discovered it. You showed it to us. The least we can do is take the next step. Cassie is so good at fixing hurt feelings, better than me, that's for sure. But Tobias was still grumpy. I'm still going along, he said. And just like, <clears throat> Jake, yeah. let's unpack this. Sickles <laughs> fingers. Let's unpack. <laughs> it's like, I feel sorry for him that he can't come on missions. Yeah. Jake. No, no. Water spray in the face. We don't do this. <laughs> no, no. He doesn't like leaving his friends, is the thing. He wants to contribute. Yeah. He doesn't want to be the one on the sidelines while his friends are risking their lives. Yeah. Like, he Tobias to believes help. in what they're doing, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But it's not like a gun ho. Well, actually, sometimes it might be a little bit of a gun ho. But. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just it's a little frustrating to see that perspective from Jake when he's normally pretty switched on about people's motivations. Mm -hmm. And we've seen Cassie uh, recognize like why Tobias feels this way and mm -hmm. 
I think it was in nine, she makes a mental note to tell Jake to talk to Tobias later and to like, haha, smooth ruffled feathers. Um, Mm-hmm. And uh, basically to to remind Tobias that, yes, he does contribute. Yes, he does do all that. Um, because Tobias serves a vital role in what they do, even if he's not actively running missions. Yeah. Um, it is that thing about skill sets, isn't it? Like, mm-hmm. you can be the best at one thing, but you can still hate that you can't contribute in the way that everybody else is. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, because obviously Tobias is restricted to the one morph, uh, because that's just that is who he is now. So he's incredibly good at the stuff he does, and he has perspectives, emotional and physical, mm-hmm. that none of them have most of the yeah. time. But also, he because he ahead. can't fight mm-hmm. in the way that they can, because he can't get down, he can't do anything that involves water. Mm-hmm. He feels super restricted. Yes. Uh, also consider he is he's the one who finds this shit and figures out that hey there's a mission here that probably needs to be run and and then brings it it to his friends Mm -hmm. and then he can't go on them so basically from his perspective he's uh brought the danger to them exactly Mm -hmm. um he feels he he holds himself accountable for what happens because well if i hadn't told them about it they wouldn't yes. be in danger. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and it, it, it also speaks a little bit of um, like giving advice that you don't follow yourself um, kind of thing. Um, no, I've never done that. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um, where, you know, he's, he's, he's suggesting that they go into danger knowing that he can't also go into danger. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's very concerned about not only his friend's safety, but also their view of him mm-hmm. um, because of that. And remember, Tobias doesn't have any friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he didn't have any friends before he was a hawk. Now he's a hawk and lives in the woods. Can't have any friends except for these fuckers. <laughs> yeah, he only has the animorphs. Mm-hmm. Everybody else has other people. Yep. And so it's extremely important to him mm-hmm. that maybe he doesn't get along with everybody. God knows he doesn't get along with Marco. Um but it's important to him that he contributes to the team and that the team wants him there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's sad about Tobias Hours. It's always sad about Tobias Hours. <laughs> I say looking into a camera that isn't there. <laughs> but you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, so we have this moment of Jake trying to do leader mode. Mm-hmm. And it's all just... <laughs> It's, I love this. She's like, okay, fly it, fly as it is. And just like, rouse it off, where they're going to meet, what time, in and out, mm-hmm. bish, bash, bosh. He doesn't say that. I'm paraphrasing. And Marco's like, I hate it when you try to sound peppy, Jake. It always means you're worried. Next, you'll flash that big, no sweat grin. I know you. Three hours to fly time, I said, forcing up a big, confident grin. We're dead meat, Marco said. 
Uh, which is actually more true than Marco might realize. Ha yep. ha 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 ha. <laughs> Foreshadowing. Uh, Jake gets home. Uh, it's 5.15 p.m. Yes. Um, so now we've gone, it, we started at 1.22 p.m. for listener reference. Um, it's now 5.15. Uh, Jake gets home, talks to his dad. His dad uh, is like, hey, are you excited for the match tonight? And, <laughs> and Jake's like, uh, what? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a, yeah, this is where uh, uh, the, the real life, the family life obligations come in. His dad has paid for a pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was doing it as a male bonding father-son thing. Me and him and Tom and probably some of his dad's friends. And yep. Jake's clearly just like flaked on what day that was happening. Yeah. Um. And there's there's some there's some good father son stuff here, and then there's some stuff that really annoys me. Yeah. Um. But like the fight's due to start at seven. Now, mm-hmm. in my mind, he said to meet the others at seven forty-five. Right. Um. He does some calculations. He says, "Well, the last fight uh, was." Uh, only three rounds. Maybe this will be done very quickly. Which, like, now that I think about it, like boxing pay per views must really be like a gambling kind mm-hmm. of thing. It's like, all right, I may end up getting uh, two hours of content out of this, or maybe I'll get fifteen minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and but Jake does the calculation. He's like, okay, so probably I have enough time if I attend this. Do I need to come up with an excuse? No, my dad probably probably wouldn't buy any kind of excuse. Um, so we'll we'll just go along with it. Uh, um, we get gross. It's it, real gross. It, it's fucking uh, man cave bullshit. Yeah, um, his, his Jake's mum comes in, and um, it is jokingly. To be fair, it says mockingly, so I appreciate that this is possibly Jake's mum just like, yeah, I know your male rituals, they bore me. Um, <laughs> it's like, when did this room become the temple of male aggression? Or when does? Yeah. Uh, and then not until seven. Until then, we will allow females. And I'm just there like, mm. especially yeah. if the females remember to pick up chips on their way home from work. I would throw something. At my yep. spouse or <laughs> would partner like, or whoever I lived with, if they even joked that. Be like, oh yes, the chips that I definitely picked up on the way from work, uh, they're in the garbage now. Sorry. Yes. No, they are my <laughs> chips. You can get your own fucking chips. <laughs> yep. Uh, but yeah, uh, Jake's mom just used with them, but just like, wouldn't you rather enjoy some nice carrot sticks and hummus dip? And I'm there just going, mmm, I love carrots and hummus dip. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. Um, but yes, yeah, so we have that weirdo bullshit that apparently we needed to have in this book for some yep. reason. Yeah. Um but Jake rushes off to do his homework and has got his fingers crossed then um that the match will be quick and has the one good thing about rushing was that it doesn't leave him much time to think. Yeah. Thinking meant worry and worry gets in the way of getting things done. And I'm here just like well I get it, but also Jake, kiddo <laughs> No. I think, yes, worry can paralyze. We've seen that with Cassie. But, like, this is why Cassie does, this is why Marco does the thinking and Cassie does the worry. This is, the, <laughs> this is how they function as a unit. Um, 
But yeah, we have this tense family gathering because Tom is there. And as we as we know, Tom's a human controller who is obviously also not happy about being at this meal, uh, this mm-hmm. match thing, uh, and is also kind of tense. Um, yeah. And we have the observation from Jake about thinking about Tom uh, still mm-hmm. alive inside his own head. Yeah. And how they both have to keep up appearances. In front of their parents, but for totally different reasons. Well, mm. related but different reasons. Yeah, fighting in the same war on different sides. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, when I started, I, I do like we have that comment from him about it didn't help having thoughts like that because this is about like whether Tom can enjoy anything right yep. now. Just like when I started thinking that way, the rage would just build up inside me till I felt like I'd go nuclear. And he has to just like reassure himself that he's doing all he could mm-hmm. to do to help Tom, and he just yep. repeats that. Uh, the match is not over in three rounds. Nope. <laughs> uh, it's it it really comes down to the wire for mm-hmm. for Jake. Um, he but finally the opponent goes down, um, and it it's already <laughs> seven forty five, which is the meet time. Yeah. Uh, so he grabs the the tape out of the VCR because it's the nineties, um, and oh, the nineties. <laughs> and it's like, okay, hey dad, can I take this over to Marco to show him right now? And his dad's like, <laughs> it's eight o'clock. <laughs> um, and uh, Tom makes a dumb Big Brother joke, um, and uh, Jake has a thought about. Uh, <laughs> about hey tom what's the biggest seek what's the big secret with the grocery store just tell me and i can stay home tonight um jake has another vision uh and in this one uh marco and the other animorphs are there and marco is talking in a jungle in a jungle fighting brain stealing aliens and ten thousand annoying species of bugs and our resident space cadet is a hot looking monkey somebody wake me up when we get back to reality and then uh jake comes back to himself um and again he has a hard time coming out of it uh he has a a physiological reaction to it this time his heart is pounding uh he's sweating um tom slips out of the of the room and uh presumably to go sneak out and do whatever the fuck he's gonna do uh, Jake grabs the videotape and runs out, goes up. Actually, he just goes up to his room and morphs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and him, uh, 25 minutes together um, yep. and apologizes as he arrives and crashes. Yeah. Uh, he hits the ground too hard after misjudge- misjudging the distance, all like wings and talons while Tobias laughs at him <laughs> for his shoddy landing. <laughs> I like that Cassie runs over to him and picks him up as he's demorphing, and then he gets too big for her to demorph, so he so she just has to like put him back mm-hmm. down. That's very cute. <laughs> yep. Uh, Tobias or Jake wasn't hurt more than his pride. Um, they're all behind the motel, um, and everyone's kind of waiting on Jake to, you know, say all right, let's go. Um, and Jake has a moment of intense foreboding, um, 
But for some reason, I felt a strange reluctance. I felt, I don't even know what I felt, just that that moment, that very moment, was terribly important. The others all stared at me, waiting. All I had to say was, let's go. Instead, I looked at my watch. 8.19. 8.19. Like it meant something. Like, oh man, I was going nuts. I was losing it. What was the matter with me? Should we do this? I wondered. I was surprised to realize I'd spoken out loud. I'd been talking to myself. Why not? I say we do it, Rachel said. There's a huge shock, Marco muttered. Everyone who is surprised Rachel wants to go for it, raise your hand. Yeah, I said, shaking off my doubts as well as I could. Yeah, let's go. I was pretty sure it was the right thing to do, but the responsibility was on me. I could have stopped it. I could have talked them all out of it. I could have done something different. But I didn't. At least not then. Let's morph, I said. Um, and this moment, of course, becomes very important later. Uh, as the listener can probably guess, it has to do with time tra travel shenanigans. Um, uh, but also, it is, it is the first of a series of uh, quote-unquote mistakes um, mm -hmm. that Jake makes. Uh, and keeps a running tally of through this book um, and berates himself the whole time for it. Um, where really he's just making the best decisions he can with the information he has. And they're only mistakes in hindsight. Mm -hmm. um, but they all more fly. Um, and it begins to rain. Uh, everyone's having fun being flies. Flying as a fly. Flying, flying as flies, as fly not being as awesome. flies. Yeah, because it is awesome. You can go in any direction immediately. Mm. Um, I love that they're really getting into it and the kids are just like, phew, and Tobias is just like, you guys are going the wrong way. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, like they're flying. Like, they're talking about how amazing it is to fly as a fly. And Marco's like, Tobias, you only think you can fly. You haven't flown until you've flown MAGA Airways. And he's just like, Maybe. And not to burst your balloon, but you guys are all heading the wrong way. Yes, we are. Yes, you're heading toward a dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> and gives them directions. Yep. Uh, to get uh, back to the road. Yeah, see, Which Jake, is a... if you hadn't fucking allowed Tobias to come along, you would have mm -hmm. just gone to a dumpster and been lost. Mm -hmm. uh, we have the cool moment of the kids being able to see into the ultraviolet spectrum uh, mm -hmm. and how the cars and the traffic looks. Yep. Uh, Tobias is the one that points out to stay above the cars as they fly over the road because of a little something we call windshields. Uh, to be fair, that's Axe is the one that asks why. Yeah. Um, and uh, I love the dryness of a windshield moving 60 miles an hour is death to bugs. It's like it's a windshield and, moving but, 60 miles an hour is death to everyone. Mm -hmm. But when you're that small, yeah, it's like yeah. Um, but yeah, the rain is getting harder and uh, getting slammed by a raindrop when you are a fly is bad. Mm -hmm. um, they're always able to stabilize, but they talk about like the trucks being the, the raindrops being the size of trucks yeah. and uh, meteorites or how the rain looks like meteorites falling and how they're mm -hmm. pretty and they sparkle. Mm -hmm. um, and as they're making their way across the road and um, a Jake keeps getting knocked by raindrops and getting hit, of course, and he is um, in the path of a windshield and has another one of these flashes. Yep. Uh, 
at, of course, the exact wrong moment. This time, the vision is of a person throwing a spear at his face. Um, and he comes out of it just in, uh, in time to kind of make an adjustment, but it's not enough. Thankfully, he gets caught in the slipstream of the car instead of smashing against the windshield. Um, and, uh, is able to get up and out of there without becoming a smear. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, Rachel asks if, if Jake is still with them and he's like, oh yeah, barely, but I'm here. You know, they really need to lower the speed limit. Cars shouldn't go more than maybe 10 miles per hour. That's very good. Um, but they Um, make their way across the highway. Yeah, and they, uh, as they do, they've managed. They can pick up the scent of the food, of the running food, and are able to make their way there without direction. And as they sort of fly behind the plastic sheet that's been uh, put up, they can. Uh, they we get the visual uh, that Daniel already alluded to about how uh, Earth movers have been used to shove the shelves, the freezers, the fridges, the loose cans, the everything all up into a corner and it is a uh, fly heaven over there. <laughs> uh, Marco makes the joke about if you threw some dog poop in, that would be fly heaven. And Axe is the one that points out that there are like so many other flies there. Mm-hmm. Um, um, they are trying to get us a view of what the scene is, but they're having trouble with their fly eyes. Cassie is the one who recognizes Chapman's voice because uh, she followed Chapman in the mall uh, during the Megamorphs book. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she points out, remember I was in Flymorph when I spied on Chapman at the mall. Um, and so she can make sense of his voice in the noise. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she goes and rides around on the bald spot of Chapman's head and Jake's yeah. like freaking out about it. And <laughs> she's just like, Shh, I'm listening. <laughs> um. And he's like worried, and Cassie figures out that it is a bug fighter, yep. um, an experimental one, faster, more weapons, a new prototype. Mm-hmm. Uh, and <laughs> what's it doing here in a safe way, Michael? Asks. It crashed, though. Um, <laughs> obviously, that was Rachel. Um, yeah. And they're talking about how uh, it has to be out of here in three hours, or this three is going to be uh, super pissed, like more so. But they're just <laughs> running some tests. And uh, Chapman drops that good yerk on yerk threat. Just like, mm-hmm. if this takes three hours and one minute, I'll personally feed you to Visa 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tobias chips in with three hours. It's just like, Jake's like a little baffled. Like, I thought you went for coaches. Like, the rain stopped and I can see down into the store because uh, a hole has been knocked into the roof so the security guys can get down into the store quickly. I like how they just blew open a hole in the roof of this grocery store. I mean, it's already the wall's gone. <laughs> so, um, so Jay, uh, so Tobias is doing his flyover, mm-hmm. um, and we have this little bit of musing about what they should do. Uh, Cassie's the one. Oh, mate, if only we had some TV news people here. Um, just like, and Jake points out, like the local TV and newspapers are like have got too many people yerked. <laughs> uh, Cassie. Oh no, Rachel, sorry. You know what we could do, though? What we could do is steal this thing. And uh, <laughs> Tobias is like, steal with it and do what? And Jake jokes, we could try and steal it and fly it to Washington and land it on the White House lawn, let the Yerks try to cover that up. To which point, Rachel's just like, hey, that could work. 
And I could see, like, I can feel the moment Jake goes, oh, no. <laughs> What's that? Like, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> just, I, I, so I make that gag a lot, but it never ceases to make me laugh. Um, and just like Tobias, like, oh, can you fly? I'm an Andalite. This is just a Yerk fighter, even if it is experimental. No second-rate Yerk technology is too sophisticated for me. Love that Andalite hubris. <laughs> yep. Um, and they realize that they've got to do this now if they're going to do it. Yep. Uh, they're trying to work out the odds. At most, there's going to be a few technicians inside. And yep. so the, the flies are going to fly into the the flies fly into the bug fighter. Oh, give it here. There's a moment here that oh yeah, uh, is, uh, Axe points out that there aren't very many people inside inside the bug fighter probably, um, and Jake says, "Yeah, well, four or five people versus five house flies is not good odds for us." I said, "It was moments like this that I resented, mm. moments when I tended to make the decisions and when I would carry the responsibility." Still, he says, um, I can hear the gears in Jake's little bra brain grinding away, Marco joked. Still, I said, there may be a way. Um, I like how this moment of Jake is like, he's resenting this, but also mm -hmm. he still makes the choice. Yeah. Yeah. In a moment. Yeah. Like, it, yeah, he's going to be responsible. And then he's just like, okay. And then he pushes through with it. Yeah. Because he is good at this. Like, mm -hmm. in the first book, we talk about how uh, the book tells us and doesn't show us that Jake is a leader. Mm -hmm. um, but in moments like this, we really see it, that he hates it, but also he's, good he's very it. good at it. Um, the tragedy of Jake. Yep. Mm -hmm. One of many. One of many, yes. <laughs> but um, um, they get inside the ship. The numbers are as they expected, and this plan sucks. Yeah. As Jake knows. Uh, yeah. This was a spur-of-the-moment plan thought up by a guy who was having jungle hallucinations. It was a desperate, possibly stupid plan. I didn't know for sure. It could easily end with Tobias dead. Maybe the rest of us as well. But Tobias was thrilled to be playing a major role. <sighs> um, but Tobias is going to do a... on like a one fly around he's going to be dropping in and doing a loop around inside the grocery store because the yep. Yerks know they have bird morphs and a bird isn't just going to choose to fly around inside a supermarket with intent yep. yeah the plan is to get the people who are inside the bug fighter outside the bug fighter mm -hmm. <laughs> so that the animorphs who are inside the bug fighter can demorph and, and steal it yeah um and so there is a lot of gunfire happening. Mm -hmm. uh, Tobias uh, make, is about to make a comment about how they couldn't hit and then gets very nearly hit. When <laughs> uh, again, casual reminder, as we like to ourselves, that if Tobias gets hurt, he's just hurt. Because mm -hmm. he can't morph that shit away. But um, a machine gun is firing off. <laughs> uh, you know, as you do. And mm -hmm. Tobias can't get out. Right. They block the, the the roof exit. Uh-huh. Funnily enough, all the people that were on the roof are now using it to shoot down into the store. Um so everyone is demorphing inside the bug fighter and Jake it calls Tobias to join them into the bug fighter, which Tobias doesn't want to do because that will uh, draw the 
yurks in mm-hmm. after him and then his tail feathers get clipped and Jake is just like laying down the law about mm-hmm. going inside and then Tobias does as he's told. Yep. Uh, and Axe, who is like halfway out of morph, mm-hmm. uh, is able to get their door shut. Right. But we have this great, I say great, a horrifying creature with a small scorpion tail and fly legs and a semi-humanoid face with a gigantic buscus was trying to work the controls of the ship with clumsy fly stick legs. <laughs> Gross. Oh, yep. <laughs> uh, they're in the bugfighter. Uh, they're all mostly demorphed at this point. The controllers outside the bugfighter are firing upon the bugfighter. Um, and also firing up some of the earth movers outside to run into the bug fighter to try to keep it grounded. Um, Axe figures out the controls um, and he fucking guns it. <laughs> um, and uh, he, they get out of there. Um, they go out through the plastic sheeting in the wall. Um, I like the the moment of uh, uh, acceleration where everyone mm-hmm. falls over except for Axe because he has four legs. I love how a getting sm- like this moment. Like, sorry about the acceleration. Is about, I forgot that humans fall over easily. Just like you, smug ass quadruped. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they uh keep flying. Um, Axe takes them into, I guess, low orbit, I think. Um, And he comments on how the ship is very difficult to handle um, because a lot of the controls are made for taxons and they have, uh, quote, more more hands than I like. (laughs) 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 Um, uh, Jake asks if there's anything he can do do to help. Axe tells him to take the weapon station. Jake and Marco fight about it for a second, but Jake is faster. (laughs) <laughs> um and Jake tests out the the weapons and uh likes it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um and then uh <laughs> and then Axe is like, uh Prince Jake, <laughs> I, I must apologize. Why? <laughs> I did not at first realize this bug fighter's cloaking field is not working. <laughs> Um, which is a problem because human radar will observe them. Uh, As is quickly demonstrated by military jets showing up. Yep, the Air Force fucking scrambles a couple of jets to figure out what the fuck this thing is. I like that we can hear the the radio signals from the people in the jets, and they're just mm-hmm. like, uh, what the fuck? I have this, uh, base control, I, uh, bogey is of, unknown, is of an unknown type, say again, unknown type. Definitely unknown. The other pilot said, way unknown. <laughs> uh, and Jake, like, we really don't want to get shot down by a couple of F-16s. And Axe... Ex- no, Jake, that would be embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> I love Axe so fucking much. I know. <laughs> um, but, and then it's just like, neon, like, uh, Axe finds the accelerator. Yep. Find second uh, gear, mm-hmm. um, and they, they punch zoom. out. Yeah, yep. They get into low Earth orbit, um, and they can see the curve of the Earth below them. Cassie um, observes daylight coming up over the Red Sea, which is 
uh, important effect that will become important later. Um, and Tobias and, was like, excuse me, but I don't think the Red Sea is exactly on the way to Washington, D.C. <laughs> and Jake's like, hey, maybe we should slow down, get some idea of where we're supposed to be going. And Axe uh, starts yelling no. And Jake's like, uh, Axe? The fuck? I know he doesn't say that. He's just probably like staring at Axe like a gape. I was shocked. Axe is always like, no, Prince Jake. <laughs> he said a little bit more calmly. We cannot slow down. Uh, uh, Cassie's like, what's the matter? And then points at the view screen and we see a blade ship. Yep. Visser 3 is here. Can I just say, uh, a little moment. There's this beautiful description given of the blade ship, and we recorded Dumb Kids yesterday, where there was a description of the uh, layout of the blade ship, and I'm looking at that going, "Man, Danielle did a really good job of describing that." <laughs> <laughs> it looks like a battle axe with a pointy, yeah. with a pointy end. Yep. Uh, and uh, Jake asks Axe. Can we outrun him? No. Can we outfight him? No, Prince Jake. We might get in a lucky shot, but the blade ship is very powerful. This is the blade ship that destroyed our great dome ship. Um, we can try and run, or we can take a chance on a lucky shot. Um, and Axe uh, looks at him. Everyone looks at Jake for what the decision is. Um, and Jake decides to take the lucky shot. Um, I, I like that they're impl- that we get this reiterance about luck because again, a comment mm-hmm. later in the book. But I feel lucky. I said it was an mm-hmm. absolute lie. Of course, I didn't even feel slightly lucky, but it sounded good. Yeah, I caught Marco giving me a sardonic smile. He knew I was faking it. I felt Cassie's hand touch my shoulder for encouragement. Yep. It's good. And, and then we just have, hold on, you may be unsteady on your human legs <laughs> as uh, Axe whips this bad boy around. Yep. Uh, and, yeah. And then we have this moment where uh, we get Draken on Draken beam action. Yep. Um, the two, the blade ship fires simultaneously as this bug fighter. And uh, three years prior to Goblet of Fire, we have the energy colliding and shit getting weird. <laughs> Yep. I love this. An explosion of light so intense I could actually see through my own hand. I could see Cassie's teeth inside her head. Mm-hmm. And then, whump. Oh, that's how it's written. And then it's just like the ship starts spinning. And the, there's the description of like they'd all been tossed into a washer on spin cycle. Mm-hmm. And they're all bouncing off each other as Tobias is trying to keep his wings, keep moving and like stay stable in the middle of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they are plummeting down to Earth. Yep. They stabilize as they hit atmosphere uh, because the atmosphere creates drag and stops them from spinning. Um, and, and through the window, there was a planet, Earth. Big, blue, and getting closer very, very fast. <laughs> um, um, the blade ship is also twist crashing in the same way about a mile away. Mm-hmm. Um, and Cassie... Uh, confusion overtaking terror and saying mm-hmm. it's daylight in the western hemisphere and Marco's like do I care we're going down and she points out it was dawn in the middle east now it's daylight in the western hemisphere 
and like they're dealing with like burning up a little on mm-hmm. uh, the heat of entering Atmo. Um, and it's going to be a bumpy landing. Yep. Axe thinks that he can slow us, slow them down a little bit to not be obliterated on on crash, mm-hmm. but uh, they're going to crash. Um, and I love the transition here because of what we what this is is uh, Axe is counting down to the impact. As he hits eight, we get a flash, and Jake is no longer in the bug fighter. He's square dancing. He was giving Rachel a resentful look as I bowed in to her in time with the music. What the flash? And he's back four seconds later. Yep. There, I saw green, green on green, rushing up at me, and then we hit. I didn't see anything at all. See, this is interesting. I'm enjoying the reread because I'm paying more attention to the what time and yeah. what order his flashes happened in. Yeah. So I like time travel mm-hmm. is the thing. Yeah. I do wish that the flashes in the first half of the book mm. matched with the events, the order of the events in the last half. Um, Do they not quite? That was what I was trying to keep track of. They don't. Um, so the the first flash he has is of them as monkeys in the trees. Yeah. Um, and there's green rushing up at him in that vision, but it's not the same. This. Yeah. Um, and then like he sees the jaguar second, but that doesn't happen until mm-hmm. a couple of times later. Um, and so I wish they had done a better job of lining them up because I think that was supposed to be the intention. Yeah. Um, because that would have been uh, chilling. Yeah. Um, if they had made should've, it should've work. Caught that in the edit, my friends. Yep. <laughs> so there's a lot of noise mm-hmm. <laughs> as we come back in. Um, and I mean, I, I like. The rainforest is not quiet, as the Animorphs are finding out right now. Mm-hmm. Not that they know they're in the rainforest just yet, or Jake doesn't know quite right. He's got a tree root digging into his back, um, a, he- a pounding headache, and a really big bug on his lap. <laughs> and uh, a lot of ants crawling on him. Mm-hmm. Um. He, so he jumps yep, around <laughs> in the in in a way that uh, any human might when they when they suddenly discover themselves uh, being crawled on by bugs when you didn't expect to be crawled on by bugs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, um, he's up, has no remorse about slapping the ants off his uh, leg, mm-hmm. um, and notices that everything around him is green. Yep. Um. Just like he he figures out very quickly he's in a jungle. He's never been in one before, but there was no doubt in his mind. Monkeys and birds screaming very loud, the creepers and the vines, the flash of an amazing red and blue bird flitting through the branches. Maybe it was the fact the beetles really shouldn't be as big as that beetle had been. <laughs> um, just, just like it was jungle, all right. Just like it had been in the weird flashes I'd been experiencing since that afternoon while square dancing. That's what did it, I muttered. It was the square dancing that drove me crazy. Which I appreciate this. Uh, but he starts calling for the others. Yeah. And realize like nothing. Uh it's just getting eaten up by like the dense foliage around him. And he's trying to get his shit together, which is fair. Uh so he's like, right, gotta look for the bug fighter. Uh starts seeing damaged trees. Mm-hmm. 
around him, heads in that direction, um, and yeah. starts yelling again when he gets to a clearing because mm-hmm. uh, he can't see the tunnel anymore of where formed by the crashing mm-hmm. bug fighter. Uh, calls uh, for Marco, Cassie, and Rachel, uh, starting to panic, and then uh, our favorite friend. Uh, how about Tobias? A voice said in my head. Uh, and Tobias uh, sweeps down to him. And the first thing Tobias says after after Jake's like the others, and he's just like, everyone's alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, how Cassie practically ended up on top of a snake uh, in the process. <laughs> um, but, but everyone is okay. Yeah. I appreciate uh, everyone sort of catches up. Oh no, Tobias leads. Um, Jake to a uh, clearing, the one formed uh, by the bug fighter as it crashed. Um, everyone is happy to see Jake alive, especially Jake, uh, especially Cassie. Marco is Marco about it. Rachel is Rachel about it. Um, which is just very good. And they're well, trying to figure. Mm-hmm. Go on. Cassie has a nasty cut on one hand, which she's bandaged with strips torn from her T-shirt. Cassie. You can morph. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In fact, you're the best morpher of the team. You could probably manage to just morph your hand and then morph back and be fine. I mean, she did just crash down from space, Danielle. I feel you're being a little hypercritical right now. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> <laughs> they probably all have concussions. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're trying to suss out where they are. Um, Cassie is immediately like, well, it's the rainforest specifically, um, and that they're most likely in Central or South America, either Costa Rican rainforest or the Amazon rainforest. Um, and the que- and then uh, there's this back and forth, and then Cassie's on, like I said, the question of where we are is fairly, easily, fairly easy. Um, and she points out that how the time is weird. Uh, as they crashed, it was daylight over South America where it shouldn't be. Um, and we have Axe come out and explain um, that when the they, the bug fighter and the blade ship fired simultaneously and the dragon beam intersected, we created what we call a Sario Rip. Mm-hmm. Uh, a small hole in space time. Uh, to be fair, he's like, uh, he says a Sario Rip. A what? A Sario Rip. What's that? We blew a small hole in space time and we were drawn through that hole. English, please. I warned. Plain English, please. We were blown through time, Jake, Cassie said. We aren't where we want to be and we aren't when we want to be. I stared at her. Did we go forward or back? Are we in the past or the future? Yes, Axe said. It's definitely one of those two choices. <laughs> I fucking love Axe. He's a little shit and I love him so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, this chapter was uh, noted as time unknown. Yes. Uh, but this chapter that we're in now, and we're at start, it's one twenty-two pm again. Yep. So, because Axe always knows what time it is. Yes. Um, he I points out... How- mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I love how horrified Marco is by poisonous frogs. <laughs> Did you say yeah. poisonous frogs? Because <laughs> uh, Cassie's just like, there's so many poisonous things here. Poisonous snakes, poisonous insects, poisonous plants, and poisonous frogs. Plus yep. there's one large predator, the jaguar. Love their cars. <laughs> and I'm just like, I love this. What a bunch of nerds. Yeah. 
But yeah, no, Axe can tell what time of day it is, but he doesn't know what day or year it is. Right. Um, they're all going around and uh, basically Jake asks, all right, what do we know? Axe says he knows it's 122, but not what day or year. Cassie points out the poisonous thing. Uh, Rachel points out that they have no food and no water and no weapons. Um, Tobias suggests flying away. uh, And Cassie points out, realistically, we're only going to get maybe 60 miles per morph and that they could be a thousand miles from anywhere. Right. Um, And Marco points out, what are we going to do? Find a town, make a collect call. And how are they even going to explain that if we do? Mm -hmm. And Rachel's like, we don't know if our parents are alive yet or are still alive. Um, yep. We could be in the year 2000 BC or we might be in the year 10,000 AD. And Jake wants to know more about what a Sario rip is. Uh, thankfully for Axe, he doesn't have to explain yet uh, because Axe has spotted um, somebody moving nearby. Mm-hmm. Uh, humanoid. Yep. Um, and Jake sends Tobias to go check it out. Um, and Axe gets back to explaining. <laughs> As for the serial rip, all I know is what it is. It's a rip in space-time. Yeah, you told us that, Marco said. I think Axe hung his head. Prince Jake, we studied the serial rip effect in school, but there was a game later that day, and I was thinking more about the game than class. Also, there was this female who distracted me. <laughs> it bothers me that they specified female yeah. when, like, we've already established earlier on that, like, and, like, gender isn't the same mm-hmm. could have just said another student and i would have been happier yeah. about it yeah but i do appreciate based on that information given by axe marcos then uh, axe are you telling us you were too busy flooding with some girl to play attention to the lesson and i <laughs> like that reveling in axe being like them yes yeah which is just very cute yeah the only reason that he knows more than them is because his culture is uh, quote unquote, more mm. advanced technologically than them. Yeah. Uh, and he doesn't know how to reverse a sorry rip, but he remembers some things and not everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, which <laughs> is a point that will help us later. Uh, Rachel points out they need to find water and food um, and asks Axe if they can fix the bug fighter, to which he can, but in theory he could, because it doesn't matter that it can only fly with an engine but the effects of the Sari Rip have wiped out the ship's software and it would take him like 20 years to rewrite it. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't know where the blade ship is, whether it fully crashed or whether they were able to land. Yeah. Uh, as Jake's taking this, he asks for some good news and Marco, it's daylight. Um, when night falls, then we'll be, and Tobias just yells for Jake to duck. And for once in my life, I didn't stop to think about it and he ducks. Mm-hmm. And even as I ducked, I saw the face, I saw the arm, I saw the spear. It was coming straight at me. Uh, right for his face, the vision. So yeah, they definitely fucked up with the order of the visions in the front mm-hmm. half, and that's super annoying me now. I'm sorry. No, it's I fine. You were, it no, you were right to point it out. <laughs> you were right to point it out. If they were in exactly inverse order, maybe, but I don't think they are either. No, I don't think so. Um, and this point, I hate this because then Tobias is blaming himself for resting. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jake is too weirded out to worry about Tobias. Um, yeah. Which I get fair, but also rude. Yeah. Um, but Jake explains about um, 
that he knew it was going to happen, that spirit, that he'd seen the kid with the spear thrown it. And Kess like, the fuck? Um, and Tobias points out, like, there's more people around. Uh, they're, mm-hmm. they're leaving now. Um, and just like Rachel points out that they can handle some kids with spears, but there are also 20, ho- uh, 20 maybe 30 Hawk Bajir heading this way. Yep. Um, and they're they're panicking at this point. They're like, yep. what do they do? Because they can't leave the bug fighter or how they're going to get out of here. Cassie retrieves the spear and susses out that while the spear in and of itself doesn't look especially uh, deadly, uh, she points out that it's there's poison on the end of this sharpened mm-hmm. stick. Um, and Tobias just like you have got to go because the Hawk Bajir are getting, and this is where Jake has got another decision: stay yep. and fight or run away. Yeah. Uh, Ask Zax if there's anything that they can take out of the bug fighter that makes it impossible for the Yerks to fly, which is a solid instinct, yes. quite frankly. Um, and Axe is like, yes. So Jake tells him to get it. Jake is pressing, uh, Tobias is saying to Jake, there's no time. But, um, which Axe causes Axe to hesitate. And then mm-hmm. Jake is like, no, Axe, you do that. Everyone else leave. Rachel wants to stay with Tobias, uh, stay with Axe. And I think that's, she says, I want to stay. Well, she's uh, because she, she thinks that Jake, Jake, is, Jake is staying, staying behind, yeah. but he's not. Yeah. He, and he's like, I'm not staying. We only need Axe to handle this. And so everybody starts running. And as they do so, Tobias points out that if Axe isn't out of there in under two minutes, he's not going to get out of it. Uh, Jake doesn't answer it's the worst thing about being a so-called leader the times when you take a risk with someone else's life if Axe ended up dead it was going to be very hard to explain to my friends and to myself 